Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. Well, let me invite you to hear words from Matthew chapter 22 as we begin. In overall context, uh, the last week of the life of Jesus and uh, the religious leaders of that day were questioning Jesus, trying to entrap him with their questions Uh, Chapter 22, beginning at verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And then from chapter 28, the same gospel, a text that we have referenced the last couple of weeks in this series on making disciples, beginning at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I hope I'm able to reinforce it this morning, but where we have traveled the last couple of weeks in this series uh, is a reminder that making disciples is not as complicated as we sometimes make it. That making disciples means that we are available, <clears throat> that we walk alongside folks, that we step into people's lives and we build relationships. And so I want us to begin this morning with a couple of moments in prayer and in very intentional ways. I want you to think about and pray about one or two people in your life where you have the opportunity to plant seeds, to be the presence of Jesus. And so I'm going to lead us as we pray, but I'm going to pause for a few moments of silence where you can voice the names of those people to God as well. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, we are grateful that you as the creator of the universe, the one who created us in your very image, We're grateful that when sin entered the world, when we were guilty of sin, we're grateful that you did not give up on us, that you and Jesus stepped into this world, became one of us, engaged in this incredible ministry of reconciliation to draw us back into relationship with you. Father, we are grateful, and we are overwhelmed, God, that you have invited us into that ministry of reconciliation as well, that you have entrusted into our hands, into our lives, this message of reconciliation. And so, God, today, in very special ways, we identify folks who are a part of our circle of influence, where we have the opportunity to plant seeds, to build relationships, to share the story of Jesus, to serve, to love, And so, God, I pause for a moment for all of us simply to bring some of those names before you.
God, may we be faithful witnesses. May we be the presence of Jesus in what we say and what we do and how we interact with people. May we love you deeply. May we love others. God, help us in our going to truly reflect Jesus in all that we say and do. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, the Monterey Church has worked with a set of vision and value statements for many years. Uh, The current wording was adopted in 2015, and I think it's valuable periodically to just pause and remind ourselves of that wording. Very intentional language, a language that I encourage you to reflect upon again this morning. Our vision is to join God in the renewal of all things, to be conformed to the likeness of Christ, and to see others transformed into his image. I want you to think about those words for a moment. Uh, Just as I prayed a moment ago, uh, we are reminded often that we were created in the image of God, created to share a relationship with the divine family and with one another. And yet we also acknowledge the reality of sin, not only the sin of Adam and Eve that brought brokenness to this world, but we acknowledge sin in our own lives. And yet, following the sin of Adam and Eve, the story of God, the story, the mission of God, is the story of God stepping into this broken world, not abandoning us, but stepping into this world, renewing all things, reconciling all things, and inviting us to join Him in that story. And so, our vision, our desire as a church family, is to join God in the renewal of all things, to engage with God in this ministry of reconciliation, including our own lives. And so our vision is to be more and more like Jesus and to see others transformed into the image of Christ as well. That's our vision. Our mission, very simply, is love God, love others. And connected to those two statements are a set of five values. We pursue a culture marked by worship, belonging, presence, sacrifice, and discipleship. Now, this next statement I say somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, a church doesn't have to have a mission statement in order to honor God, doesn't have to have a mission statement in order to make it to heaven. But I do believe there is incredible value in framing statements that challenge us to honor the mission of God in our lives. And in that same vein, I would suggest there is value in you and me having a personal mission statement in our lives. Whether you've written that down or not, there's value in a personal mission statement. And so might I ask this morning, what is your mission in life? What is at the core of who you are, at the core of what you pursue every day of your life? And it's also in that respect that I want to step back for just a moment and invite you to reflect upon the three texts that I've read this morning. Uh, The Matthew 22 text that we know extremely well, two commandments, two principles that Jesus says are at the heart of our covenant relationship with God. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love others. On one hand, as we read that text, I suspect we kind of reflect upon it and say, well, that sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? And yet the reality is that folks have struggled with those two principles for centuries. It is so easy to focus on a thousand and one other things and to neglect those two principles. That was true in the ancient world. 
the ancient Jewish world where Jesus on one occasion said to some of the Jewish leaders, the the religious leaders, where Jesus said, you are so intent on tithing, mint and dill and cumin, those wonderful little herbs. And remember, the Jewish people honored tithing to God. That was part of their commitment to God. Jesus says, you're so intent on tithing, mint and dill and cumin, but you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, the principles of love and justice and mercy. Love God, love your neighbor. It is so easy to focus on a thousand and one other things and to neglect those two principles. That was true in the ancient world. It's true in our world today. And we don't have to look far to see the sidetracks that often take place in our lives. Here's the punchline. Here's the principle. You get those two right, everything else falls into place. You get those two wrong, we begin to make a mess of everything. And so again, as we reflect upon that text in Matthew 22, how are you doing? How are we doing with those two principles? How are you doing with your love for God? Love with heart, soul, mind, and strength. How are you doing with your love for your neighbor? including those who are easy to love and those who are hard to love. You see, this idea of making disciples means loving God and loving others. The Matthew 28 text, especially verses 19 and 20, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching words that we often describe as the Great Commission. Now, stay with me for just a moment. For those of you who love grammar... There is actually only one command in that sentence. The command is make disciples. Literally, at least my translation, in your going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. One command, make disciples with three verbal forms that modify that command. In your going, make disciples, and a part of that process likewise is baptizing and teaching. But for today, I want you to especially notice that first verbal form, in your going. In other words, this idea of making disciples is a part of our daily lives. In your going, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your job. Jesus calls us to be disciples, and so part of our vision at Monterey is we want to be more and more like Jesus, but Jesus also calls us to make disciples. And so our vision also uses words like we want to see others transformed into the image of Christ. And so might I ask as well this morning, how are we doing? How are you doing in your going? in being the presence of Jesus in your everyday life, in being available to others, in being kind and loving to others, and showing Jesus to others, how are you doing? And then the 2 Corinthians 5 text, a text which is so personal for me because it has been at the heart of my personal mission statement for many years. It is a text that speaks to the overall story, the overall mission of God, Again, that God was in the world through Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, inviting us into relationship with a divine family. And then stay with me. The power of that text is that God also invites us to partner with him in this incredible ministry of reconciliation, that we are ambassadors 
that we are the very presence of Jesus in a world that is often foreign to God. I think about my own ministry when I think about those words. If I'm preaching, if I'm teaching, if I'm doing marriage counseling, if I'm, inter- if I'm interacting with folks, engaged in conversation, engaged in study, whatever it may be. And then in my daily life, in my family, in my community, when I'm interacting with folks in any setting, my ministry, my life is all about reconciliation, joining with God in bringing healing to a broken world planting seeds, making disciples. I want people to see Jesus more clearly. I want people to be transformed into the image of Jesus. And as Jim and Aaron have reminded us the last couple of weeks, and hopefully this is the overall punchline of this series, it's not just a matter of saying, okay, making disciples is all about those who are over there, folks who have chosen to go to other parts of the world. No, making disciples, this mission of God is about all of us, recognizing that wherever we are, we're part of the overall mission of God, building relationships, stepping into spaces that the Spirit of God creates, listening to the stories of people in our lives, walking alongside folks who are hurting and lonely and broken, walking alongside folks who are struggling with life, who are searching for meaning in life. Now, don't misunderstand. I am so very, very grateful for folks who have chosen to move to other parts of the world to engage in this ministry of reconciliation. And we've had incredible partnerships at Monterey through the years. More recently, new partnerships with John and Susan Cooper in Hungary, with Landon and Courtney Schumann in Tanzania, but countless others that we've been able to partner with through the years. I'm grateful that we can share in that in those ministries. Sometimes the privilege of folks from this church going to visit and to encourage and to bless for all of us, the privilege of engaging in a financial partnership with them. I'm grateful for all of those partnerships, for all of those people. But again, for all of us, all of us right here in Lubbock, we're part of the mission of God in our daily lives. And we'll continue to explore that in the weeks to come, not only in this series, but in a series following Easter where we will focus on what it means to be led by the Spirit of God, to step into spaces that the Spirit of God creates for us, for us to share together in the mission of God. As individuals, as families, we're part of the mission of God every day. But for today, let me also remind us of how thankful we ought to be that we're part of a community of faith where we live together and share together collectively and where we collectively are able to step into a variety of ministries that exist in this church, where we're planting seeds, making disciples, sometimes simply being available. And that happens both inside and outside the walls of this church building. Inside the walls of this church building, many times it involves things like teaching children, making disciples of our children, building relationships with teenagers and college students, the power and the blessing of Bible classes and small groups. But we don't leave it inside the walls of a building. Again, it's the privilege as a church to step into a variety of ministries that Monterey is a part of in our community. Ministries like St. Benedict's and Family Promise and Lubbock Impact and the Children's Home of Lubbock. Ministries that so many of you are involved in. In fact, last week, Aaron somewhat coined a new word for us. The word glocal, G-L-O-C-A-L. That we're involved in the mission of God at a global level. 
but we're also involved in the mission of God at a local level. And so the words of Matthew 22, love God, love others. The words of Matthew 28, in your going, make disciples, build relationships. The words of 2 Corinthians 5, no matter where we find ourselves at any particular moment, that we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, with those words as a background, let me do just a little bit of transition and, in fact, give you an assignment for today. I could literally spend an entire year trying to lead us through the Gospel of John. But I want to say just a few words about that Gospel this morning, again, in light of the words I've read, hopefully to reinforce the words from the Gospel of Matthew and from 2 Corinthians. I read the Gospel of John again in preparation for today's sermon, and I was impressed all over again by those stories where Jesus simply stepped into people's lives. And so your assignment for the week, among other things, is go and read the Gospel of John. Go read how Jesus made disciples in that Gospel. How Jesus made disciples isn't as complicated as I fear sometimes we make it. For example, as you read those stories in the Gospel of John, you'll discover that Jesus simply was willing to be available in people's lives. He was willing to be vulnerable. He was sensitive to people's needs. He listened. He served. He was kind. He was comfortable with everyone he met, including those who would have been on the fringes of society for any number of reasons because they were sinners, because they were lepers, because they were outcasts. He was comfortable in the presence of anyone. And because he was comfortable in their presence, what you discover is they were comfortable being around him as well. And so maybe one of the questions we pose as we think about making disciples is, are we comfortable in the presence of of anybody? And are those folks comfortable being in our presence? Jesus was available. Jesus was creative in his connection with each unique person that he met. Nicodemus, the Samaritan woman at the well, the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, those who needed healing, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Thomas and the other disciples, and from the other gospels, folks like Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler and so many others. You see, in the incarnation, in the story of Jesus becoming human, we discover that God's number one priority is people. And to do his main thing, to love people, this ministry of reconciliation, God became a people. He became one of us, making himself available, demonstrating love and kindness, planting seeds, bringing salvation and healing and hope to a broken world. And so might I suggest that the most God-like thing we can do is to treat people like Jesus did, to step into people's lives, to walk alongside them, to plant seeds, to listen, to hear their stories, to serve, to love, to be available, to show them a way of life that they may never have seen before. On one hand, it may look very different in each of our lives, the different spaces that God creates for each of us. On the other hand, it looks the same. It's simply you and me loving God and loving others. It's you and me being the presence of Jesus in our going. At the outset, I invited you to pray for one or two people in your life. 
with those prayers as the foundation, may I challenge you today, one, as I did a moment ago, to read the Gospel of John and to see how Jesus interacted with people. And then number two, be intentional this week in simply stepping into and walking alongside one or two people. That might be something as simple as just listening, just being available, serving, praying, but be the presence of Jesus in those folks' lives. Reality is you and I have multiple opportunities every day to plant seeds, to be part of this process of making disciples. Every one of us individually has that opportunity. But there's also power in talking about what we do together as a church. And one of the blessings at Monterey is, again, as we step outside the walls of this building, there are multiple opportunities for us to engage in community ministries where we are being the very presence of Jesus, planting seeds, making disciples. Aaron Dawson not only has shared with you some the last couple of weeks, but Aaron coordinates our involvement in those ministries. One of those is Lubbock Impact. And I've asked Aaron this morning to uh, interact for a few moments with Taylor and Jordan Payne, who are involved in that ministry. I want you to hear part of their story. And again, just this idea of God creating spaces and of us being willing to step in to those spaces. So this is Jordan and Taylor Payne. Uh, Jordan on your right, Taylor on your left. And as Barry said, uh, we're involved in a number of ministries, and um, the Paynes have found a place or been found by a place in the last few years uh, to, in both like very simple and very profound ways, just to let their lives be available to others. And I think it's, it, it's a two-way street, really. Um, that place they're going to share about today is, is Lubbock Impact. So for those that may not know about Lubbock Impact, would you just kind of paint the picture by sharing what does Lubbock Impact do and maybe what, what is your role there, and then we'll kind of go deeper. Sure. So uh, Lubbock Impact is a nonprofit organization on 34th Street in between uh, University and Indiana. Uh, where Lubbock Impact ministers is really kind of in four areas, uh, clothing, uh, food, health care, and uh, spiritual um, the kind of population of uh, that the Lubbock Impact is serving is the working poor. Um, the way Taylor will speak about the food side of it, uh, kind of the way those needs are met in uh, the health care is there's a free dental clinic, there's a free medical clinic, uh, there's an eye care clinic, and um, there's also now a pharmacy that can dispense medication um, and then, so there's different programs and different events throughout the week that, that meet all these needs. Um, as far as how it's done, it's really set up to be more than just like handing these resources out. It's set up to serve these people with, with dignity and, and advance the kingdom through relationships. Um, the, the goal of it is also that these people would use these resources so a family of five comes to the, the weekly meal, and then they can then save that money and spend that money to on $5 gas to, to get to work or uh, their, their rent. So uh, what I do is I am on the board, and I also serve um, on, on the, the dental side of things. So. And I get to serve on Wednesday nights um, in the community meal dining hall. 
and we coordinate different groups of volunteers that come in every week and then some really consistent volunteers um, who are a part of those, like Jordan said, those different activities uh, throughout the week to just help meet a need, but do it in a way that provides those people receiving um, just such a sense of dignity and, and belonging. That's really good. So very holistic ministry that looks at not just people's souls, but their bodies and our needs uh, as a community. Um, real quickly, tell us how you got connected and maybe what makes you choose to stay, and then we'll spend our time on the last question. Um, we got connected because I had a good friend who transitioned recently into um, one of the main roles there, and she said, hey, Taylor, I have... A project for you and I am going to need you every Wednesday indefinitely and um, so so she invited me but she you know even more so specifically said I see things in you that we can use and that God can use through the mission of Lubbock Impact um, to help just love people like for the glory of God and then so when she said hey Taylor I need you she also said Hey, Jordan, I need my dentist. So that's kind of how we got plugged in. We were invited, but we were also appointed. Like you said, like it kind of found us. We can see how God was working those details out behind the scenes. And you were attentive enough that, as Barry said earlier, in, in your going, you, you heard something beyond just, I need your, I need your body, I need your, but I need your presence. And, um, and maybe, maybe God wanted that too. Okay, what are some ways that you guys see God's mission at work in just the life cycle? This, I see this really beautiful ecosystem of um, just life going on there. In your roles and stories of others, what are some ways you see the mission of God at work there? Yes, yeah, so um, I would say as these people who are being served are being seen and honored and given these resources and these relationships are being being built just there like spirit of gratitude you can really see God at work there um, you can also see God at work through the other volunteers who you know selflessly show up and give their time each week and uh, you know build, build relationships among the volunteers and with the people that are that are being served um, I can see God moving in our lives um, brag on Taylor a minute she like she said volunteers every week and uh, yeah, her her call or her being obedient to God's call, um, I can really see God at work there. Um, I can see in my own heart God God moving um, because it isn't always glamorous and fun to go serve and work after you've worked all day. But if God can use my skill set to help these patience out, get them out of pain, and, and be a blessing to them, then that's something that I can get on board with. Could I trouble you to tell the story you told about the woman that you uh, helped? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So unfortunately, the way the clinic's set up, it, it's mostly extractions. So Jordan goes and pulls a bunch of teeth on Wednesday nights. So yeah, so a few things about it, like you've heard the expression pulling teeth, because sometimes it can be easy, sometimes... Bo, Bo can tell you it's really hard. Uh, so one time I was working on this lady. I was sweating. She was sweating. The assistant was sweating. And, man, it was tough. And worked and worked and finally got it out. And uh, she 
I guess she thought I was like a student or a volunteer, and she looked at me and she goes, thank you so much, you're going to make a great dentist one day. (laughs) To which I just said, I sure hope so. (laughs) And then then she said she wanted to punch you in the face. No, that's a different lady. (laughs) Okay, Taylor, where do you see God's mission playing out and happening there? Um... I, I really enjoy sharing this story, this one story. Um, I even have another story if we have time for it. But there is a gentleman. So I, I'm on Wednesday nights, I'm down in the dining hall. He's across the building somewhere else. Um, and we serve between 80 to 250 people, whoever shows up on Wednesday nights. And so uh, I'll coordinate groups of volunteers that come in to act as the servers for the restaurant downstairs, the free restaurant. And then we also have people who act as table hosts, which is part of this um, disciple making that Lubbock Impact is trying to uh, encourage with what they're doing on a weekly basis. So we've got a table host who's really faithful. He loves the Lord. He shows up every week and um, we'll say his name is Tim. And Tim so sits at the table just like the other hosts all around the building. People come in. They just share a meal. They get served just like everybody else. So it's like you just coming, sitting down, joining the table, um, elbow to elbow. They're praying with one another. They're having spiritual conversations intentionally. And this is happening week after week. And um, a couple of weeks ago, a gentleman who comes in for the free hot meal on Wednesday nights, because maybe that's one of the few he'll get um, that week, he comes in and he says to Tim, you know, they're, they're sharing in conversation. They're enjoying a meal together for, let's say, 30 minutes. And he said, hey, man. Um, I know we, we see each other here every week and I want you to know, um, I have been doing this for a while. So I know where we can get a free hot meal on Thursdays and I know where we can get one on Saturdays and on Mondays. Um, I wouldn't mind showing you the ropes a little bit. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll meet up with you. I'll invite you in and and I'll kind of introduce you to the people at these different organizations, some of which I picture being St. Benedict's and these other things Monterey's involved in. And Tim sat there and he smiled and he said, thank you so much for inviting me to that. He said, I have a meal secure for Thursday night, um, but I will be looking forward to coming back here next week. I like to come to Lubbock Impact for the community and the conversations with, with you and with some of our friends. And that gentleman goes, Oh, yeah, me too. That's why I like coming to Lubbock Impact, too. So, so many things in that story, right? This man who could have been wearing the volunteer badge with the volunteer shirt and the volunteer attitude was sitting at the table. We've been talking about a table this morning. Was sitting at the table, entered the space, made that gentleman feel so comfortable to where that gentleman was like, hey, I've got something I can offer you. And so just that level of being like Jesus and being in their world and just making, again, just loving people for the glory of God. Like, um, I just, I think that's the coolest story. Fun fact is the guy who's the, uh, the table host, he's incredibly faithful, Tim. He, um, he was a pastor at a very large church in town a few years ago. So just obviously like he, he, he loves the Lord. He wants, um, to get these people to know, but just, uh, he was just willing to meet them on their level. And that's the kind of thing we are able to see and witness just being a small part of Lubbock Impact. 
Well, thank you guys for sharing. Thank you for your ability, both as a dentist, even though, even if others don't see, but mostly <laughs> for your availability, for your availability and um, following God's lead and being aware of that. And that's what we all seek to do. So let's give Taylor and Jordan a thank you. Barry's going to come close us out with a few words after we sing, uh, but let's pray as we consider the Spirit's leading in our own lives about these things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your work of reconciling the world to yourself. And as you mature us and develop us into seeing what that means, that it also means reconciling the world to one another, that we're agents of that, we're ambassadors for you. Uh, God, for each of us, would you help us to see? Would you help us to receive? Would you help us um, to be aware of the ways that you're calling us to be present with others? Um, Not just who you're calling us to be present to, the places maybe you're calling us to be present, but as we've just heard, maybe God, how it is that you're calling us to be present. Uh, Father, we trust you. We know we trust you. Um, God, as we seek to make disciples in the ways that you want us to make disciples, would we trust you even more? We surrender the things to you that need to be surrendered in order to put ourselves, um, uh, to deny ourselves, to put ourselves in a position um, often below others as you did uh, in order to serve, in order to bring uh, your light to places that need it. And through that, God, would you be glorified? Would your kingdom be advanced uh, world would the world look and see and know that we belong to you and you love this world while we pray this in your son's holy name amen Thank you.